Welcome back to the We Can Do Better podcast. This is scene seven of The Quarantine Machine. I'm Thomas the Jet Martinez in Sarasota, joined alongside Daniel the Dragon Rauschberger, who is on Skype from Miami. Daniel, how's it hanging on this Monday afternoon? It's been quite a Monday, let me tell you that. You know, from the get-go, waking up to where we are now, what a day already. A lot of stuff has happened today for the both of us. We actually had pretty similar days. And then we're, we're actually taking the same speech class at FSU, SPC 2608, public speaking. We had an exam today, Daniel. We had an online exam, and it was a doozy. It was a doozy because, honestly, I, I would love to know the percentage of the kids who actually studied for this exam. Yeah, I would too. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Everybody, she said, our, our lecturer, our professor said, oh, yeah, guys, I'm going to put the uh, lectures up online and the notes up online, but it's going to be very hard to find. I, I tried looking for them multiple times, and it took me so long just to find them. Um, on top of that, I know it's like we're, we're in a speech class where we give speeches, yet we still have exams. Mind-boggling. It makes no sense to me. That's a, a component of the class that really doesn't have to be there, to be honest with you. I don't know. I thought it was pretty easy to find this stuff online, but that's just me, Daniel. I mean, the test is really easy, and that was only 25 minutes. Or 25 questions, we had like 50 minutes to do it. So that was pretty easy. And the ridiculous part is, well, it's worth 100 points, but we get an extra 50 points for doing it. Like, whoever thought of that, I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm totally yeah. fine with that. Yeah, I was like, okay, that, yeah, it sounds great. Thanks. We had to, <laughs> we, we were like, uh, we had the opportunity to do this extra credit for the class, but since we're not in Tallahassee anymore, they're like, eh, we'll just give it to you anyways. Yeah, so 50 points to our final grade. I'll take it. No pass-fail there. You know, FSU gave the option to pass-fail any class. It's not happening there for us. Um, but, yeah, you've, you've had some things to work about. You had some things to do this morning. Yes, yes, I did. I decided to wake up about 20 minutes before my exam started. So right when I woke up, it was 12 o'clock in the afternoon which for me now is my morning because I now go to sleep at 4 a.m. So I woke up and uh, long story short, I have this project that I had for one of my classes and where we had to interview all these people and take all this video and this kid who's done none, no work whatsoever, he's done nothing, asked me if I could, if he can get the video to turn it in as his project because I changed my topic. I say, sure, yeah, whatever, because I have other people in the group that want to uh, use that as well. So I send it to him. And then he asks me, hey, can you take each video of each interview and cut it down to two minutes, all of them, and then send it to me? Why did somebody ask you to edit something that you're giving to them for free? Literally, exactly. that makes no sense to me. Why can't he just like take the video? You could just maybe screen record it on your phone and then you know, cut it down to two minutes. That makes no sense to me. This kid just seems lazy. Yeah, no, no, it's it's ridiculously insane. Like, the audacity of this kid, it's ridiculous. So I have to deal with him, right? Uh, and then waking up this morning, I get out and I come into my uh, my kitchen and mazel tov to my sister. Uh, she got accepted to Columbia University, um, or University of Columbia. Uh, which one is it, Thomas? Your sister went Columbia there. Columbia University. Yeah, Columbia University uh, for the master's program in stage management. Will she go? Will she not? Who knows? Um, but she got accepted, potentially moving to New York. So 
congratulations, that happened. And then while I'm sitting at my dining room table, uh, I spill iced coffee. Uh, so it's been a heck of a three hours for me. On top of that, it was my mom's birthday yesterday, so we had a bunch of balloons all over our house. Happy birthday, Shelly Rauschberger. Yep, happy birthday, Shelly. So huge day, huge 24 hours in the Rauschberger household. Another We Can Do Better podcast family member potentially going to Columbia University. Yep. If that does happen, Daniel, we might be spending some time in New York together, you know? I Oh, yeah. I know that the U.S. Open is in September and we usually have class going on, but hey, maybe one of these days we'll go up and we'll plan that together. Um, but hey, that'd be pretty cool. Upper West Side Gang, huh? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. And I, and I know, uh, I know you've, uh, you've had a day, right? Been pretty productive. Have I had a day? <laughs> you, <laughs> you know how the NFL, like after big games, they post have a day, uh, Julio Jones or whatever. Oh, yeah. Have a day, Thomas Martinez. I, I woke up at 11.30 a.m. today. Actually, no, I woke up at 10.30, and I just laid in bed for an hour doing nothing. After that, I decided to work out for a good 45 minutes, you know, doing some push-ups, some sit-ups, whatever I can do at home to stay fit. Then I showered. Then I had a protein shake, and then I took that exam day. I took the exam, took, like, a good 30 minutes. I was intermittently watching old soccer highlight videos in the middle of the exam, too. I was watching, uh, if anybody remembers, the 2010 World Cup semifinal between Uruguay and Netherlands. Great game. 3-2. Netherlands won at the end after Uruguay scored a goal. Anyways, I I watched that in the middle of my exam today. Then I finished the exam, listened to a podcast. Then I headed on over here to the radio station, Daniel, where I'm doing a podcast. Then I have to edit an interview. Then my day's over. But you know what? You know What? what? When we're in this whole quarantine, right? And yeah. there's not that much to do. This seems like the busiest day of the week. It really does. I'm just like thinking when we do get back to normal, everything is going to seem so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. It's like, oh, my God, I have like <laughs> to go to class and I have to go to this club and I have to work on this project. How, this is insane. <laughs> How do we do it? I have no idea. Yeah. Like if I have to do like a discussion post or a discussion board of like two paragraphs for a class, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like, I'm packed. I have no time. It's due in a week? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's it's a, it's going to be a transition period. You know, hopefully we get back to Tallahassee as soon as possible. But, Daniel, nobody cares about that. Everybody cares about our main topic of the podcast. Uh, the top five moments in the history of time. Roll the intro music. Daniel, I actually had trouble uh, sleeping last night because I couldn't help but think about the list that I've spent the better part of the weekend putting together of the top five events in the history of time. This is a lot of time and effort has been put into this list. We have I have five. You have five. We thought about this. A lot of uh, things missed the cut. But at the end of the day, I feel pretty confident in my list. I'm sure you do, too. But you know what? I, I think I'm going to go first here. Um, it was my idea. You know, I want to I want to get this going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it was your idea. Okay, continue, Thomas. The Big Bang uh, 
Around 13.8 billion years ago, the universe was created. It was created with a singularity and expanded to where it is today. Daniel, it's pretty hard to beat the creation of the universe. I honestly, this might've been higher on my list, but then you're gonna hear what comes later on my list and you're gonna be like, oh, this makes sense, you know? It makes yeah. sense why The Big Bang is number five on this list. And it also, um, it spurred a TV show, The Big Bang Theory. Bazinga. So that's pretty important too. The Big Bang. Daniel, what's your number five? That's a good one. That's a good number five. My five, uh, pretty big too. It's the birth of Quin Shi Huang on February 18th, 259 BC. Uh, this man founded the Quin Dynasty in China, which was one of the you know, most... Uh, exuberant, wow, most uh, powerful dynasties of the Chinese Empire during the Imperial China uh, era. And this man really started it off, you know, he's a real kickstarter for the uh, Chinese emperors. Quin Shi Huang, best Quin Shi Huang since, well, hey, <laughs> since him. He's a legend. Um, he is a legend. I don't know why, but I, I knew that you were going to put this at number five on your list. Like, without even talking to you about your list, I just knew... You're always talking about this for some reason. I remember we'd be in the apartment and I'd come in and you'd just be watching some videos on Quin Shi Hong and I'd be like, Daniel, what are you doing? Yeah, listen, uh, anybody who knows me and knows I'm a big Quin Shi Hong guy, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Han Dynasty, oh, the Wu Han Dynasty, you know, nah, nah, nah. I, give me some Quin Dynasty, some Quin Shi Hong, and I'll be, uh, be pretty satisfied if I do say so myself. Thomas, you're number four. Wow, I've been waiting for this moment for years to talk about this on our podcast. Um, Daniel, you know what I'm going to talk about. It's the creation of the Magna Carta. And no, I'm not talking about the rap album. I am talking, Daniel, about a document, the, the document that was published in the year 2015. Huge moment for democracy. You know, there's a before and after for democracy. It's before Magna Carta and after Magna Carta. It essentially stated, Daniel, that nobody is above the law, including the king, including King John of England, who agreed to the rights of the Magna Carta on the 15th of June, 1215. It was first drafted by the Archbishop of Canterbury to make peace between the unpopular king and a group of rebel barons. But, Daniel, you already knew this. You already knew that this led eventually to the first barons' war and how this would impact future democracy for decades um, for centuries to come. So honestly, it guaranteed the rights of individuals, right? It guaranteed yeah. the right to a free trial. And you know what? It just, there's, there's no democracy without the Magna Carta, Daniel. There really isn't. So for that reason, it had to be number four on my list. Do I wish it was higher on my list? No, not at all. It's a, it's, it should be at number four. Daniel, you're number four. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, that's a great number four, you know, uh, Mine um, goes back a little farther, just a little bit. Uh, mine's uh, the the Great Flood. Remember uh, Noah, Noah's Ark, the whole bit. How can I forget? How, yeah, how can anybody forget? I mean, listen, it's probably one of the biggest moments in history. You know, I mean, Noah, this one guy, got a message from God saying, "Hey, there's going to be this big flood. You better build a boat." So, what does he do? He builds he builds an ark that we now know as Noah's Ark. This man, this single man, gets two of every single animal in the world and puts it on an ark. That's a bad man. That's a bad man. And then, <laughs> and then it rains. It pours yeah. on yeah. the earth. 
until the whole earth is just covered in water. Like on a Tallahassee summer day. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> listen, when people say, oh, Noah's Ark, listen, it may rain like in Noah's Ark, but you don't know what it's like if it rains in Tallahassee, right? Yeah. Now, listen, Moses, he sent out this uh, this pigeon, this bird, to go and, and see if there was land, and he comes back with a branch one day, and he goes, aha, I have found land. He comes down, and he cre- recreates humankind and the earth and its animals and life as we know it. Come on. Hey. Now listen, there there are better parts. There are some better moments in history, which is why it is my number four. Um, I know you're a Noah's Flood guy. I know you're of not course. that big. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I mean, you are. are you kidding me? Best Noah since uh, Noah Million. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Best Noah since Noah Million. Noah Million, if you're listening to this, hey. How's, how's, uh, how's you Chicago going? All right, Thomas. Daniel, number three on the list. I have a quote for you. You're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Apollo 11, Daniel, the first space flight that landed humans on the moon, and it was done by a group of Americans. How can you forget them? Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. You know, (laughs) where would we be without those two men, Daniel? Amen, brother. You know, Armstrong and Aldrin spent 21 hours, 36 minutes on the lunar surface at a site that they named Tranquility Base before lifting off to rejoin Columbia in lunar orbit and come back to Earth and become heroes forever. Daniel, this was the culmination of the space race. This was a culmination of a decade of a fight between the United States, the Soviet Union, and a bunch of other countries that tried um, to be the first country to land on the moon. And I will say, the Russians were the first to get into space, but they weren't the first to get on the moon. And that's that's what really matters, to see that American flag planted on the moon and for it definitely not to be created in a Hollywood studio as a conspiracy theory. It was great. It was great to see, and it'd be very cool to have been in that moment, to have watched it live on a TV as you know a lot of Americans were doing on that day in i believe it was july 21st of 1969 daniel wow wow <laughs> right wow. you know i i still can't believe a lot of people say it was it was fake yeah there's people like come on are you kidding me yeah are you kidding me makes no sense i think neil armstrong and buzz aldrin would fake something like that they're american heroes amen brother amen amen number Listen. two on or no number three on your list daniel number oh, three list. on your list before I get into this, I want to sing a little song. Uh, it's called Go Down Moses. Okay. And Israel was in Egypt's land. Let my people go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was great, man. Thank you. I, I practiced for like five days. You wouldn't believe it. I believe you. So in the, in the, uh, in the spirit of Pesach. Yeah. Pesach. Yeah. Number three on my list, Moses leading the Jews from exile and into the promised land around, you know, 250, uh, 1300 BCE, excuse me. Pretty big day for the Jews, if I do say so myself. Um, You know, if you can decipher the lyrics that I just sang to you, uh, basically, the Jews were enslaved in Egypt, and Moses, the man with a staff, spoke to a burning bush that had the voice of God. And he said, Moses, you need to go and free your people. Moses said, why me? 
Why me? Pick somebody else. I'm just, I am a mere shepherd. Let me heed to my sheep. God said, no. Go get these people. Go get your people. Rally them. Rally them like you're LeBron James playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers and lead your people to the NBA Finals. Wow. I couldn't have said it better myself, Daniel. I yeah. could not have said it better myself. Let me tell you, when people think of, of Moses leading the Jews, hey, have you, heard, have, you, have you ever heard of the parting of the Red Sea? Of course. Of course. Come on. That man, that man led, he led his people to the promised land. Moses. Best Moses since Moses Malone. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Be, it was weird that he was named after a basketball player. Um, I know. Number two on my list, Daniel. I'm going to sing a song too. Nice. So shine bright tonight, you and I. We're beautiful like diamonds in the sky. I too are so alive. We're beautiful like diamonds in the sky. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. We're beautiful like diamonds in the sky. Daniel, number two on my list. The creation of the light bulb. Thomas and Pride. That was beautiful. I actually worked on this um, for the last five years um, leading up to this moment. A song that I taught Rihanna how to sing. The creation of the light bulb, Daniel. Mr. Thomas Edison, the the second best Thomas to ever exist. um, Created in 1879, lit up the world. The world world was never the same, Daniel. The incandescent light bulb, you know, they're manufactured nowadays in a wide range of sizes, light output and voltage ratings. But it all came back to Mr. Edison. And honestly, Daniel, I don't think you could top this moment in time. Thomas Alva Edison, probably the greatest inventor in American history. I mean... He also included the phonograph. Wow. He also invented the phonograph, the motion picture camera. But, hey, where would we be today if there was no light bulb, Daniel? Look up. Look up right now. Look directly at the light in your room and tell me, Daniel. What if what if there were no light bulbs? What if we had the exact world that we had today but with candles? Yeah. I mean, sure. Imagine lighting up New York City with candles. I mean, it would smell great. It would smell great. Don't get me wrong. But the fire department would be working a lot more. I'll tell you that. So Dude, Bed, Tom- Bath & Beyond would be crazy. <laughs> Bed, Bath & Beyond would be like the Amazon. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like the biggest company in the world. But yeah, the creation of the light bulb, Thomas Alva Edison. Have a day. Have a day. Daniel, a day, you're number Thomas two. Edison. Number two on your list, Daniel Rauschwerger. Number two on my list, uh... Quick quote from Genesis 1, New International Version. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw light, and it was good. Number two on my list, the creation of the universe. Bazinga. Yeah, uh, I know it was your number five, basically, with the Big Bang. Bazinga. Mine's number two. You know, I mean, this is, it, it kicks it all off, right? This is probably the ultimate moment in time of everything that ever happened. Pretty significant. If it wasn't in my top five, it would be ridiculous. If it wasn't in my top three, it would be blasphemy. So, 
coming now to number two, the creation of the universe that kicked it all off, we weren't we wouldn't be here today without that moment. Right? It's not better than the creation of the light bulb. You don't think so? No. No. Really? Oh, okay, we created the universe cool, but did you create a a light bulb that could light the world? Wow. That's pretty big. That's pretty big, I'm not gonna lie. It's much Thomas bigger. Edison. <laughs> right? Thomas Edison. Did Thomas Edison actually create the universe? That's the question. Wow. Um, put that on the polls. <laughs> I was about to say that. Put that on the polls. <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Of course, he invented everything. He probably has a patent on uh, the Big Bang. Bazinga. But, Daniel, number one on my list. Let's get to number one on my list. Roll the intro music. The life of Jesus Christ. Every moment in this season of podcasts, in this season of scenes of quarantine machines, it all led up to this moment when I got to talk about a man who rose back from the dead, who resurrected some thousands of years ago yesterday on Easter. He was born in 4 BCE. Now, I don't know the logistics of that because, you know, it's supposed to be like BC is before Christ, right? So was right. he born before Christ? Then who's Christ? Is it really Jesus Christ? I don't know. Anyways, so he was born in Bethlehem. I was able to go to the Nativity Church and do some research there yes. on him this summer. That was the reason that my family went to the Holy Land. It was so that I could research all of this for the podcast. He died in Jerusalem. I, I was able to, you know, walk down the path similar to where he walked down before he infamously, you know, died on the cross. So. Right such a huge moment in human history a lot of major religions dating back to jesus christ you know a lot of the major religions in today's world are you know date back to jesus christ and while he might not be like the most relevant figure in that um religion he's pretty well respected across several religions let's talk about the bible right you know our good friend um loves to read the bible our friend shoria he loves the bible you know, he reads it every day when he wakes up. And, you know, it's it's, it's very important to him. You know, while we may not be as religion, religious as he is, you could truly understand, um, you know, how important Jesus Christ is to so many people around the world. And it'd be a disservice, disservice not to make him number one on the list. Daniel, you're number one. Okay. All right. Well, uh... <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. He was a Jew. He's a homie. I know, I know that, you know, my list has kind of had a theme, right, of, you know, biblical events and God and the Quinshi Huang dynasty. So I think you've all kind of caught on now to what would be number one. Of course. Of and course. Uh, I think I can do you one better than the life of Jesus Christ. My number one it's Phil Mickelson winning the 2004 Masters. How did I not think of that? What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get it? Because Moses, then the Flood, right? Quincy Hong, Creation of the Universe, Phil Mickelson, 2004 Masters. Yeah, probably the biggest moment in the history of all time, of anything you can ever think of. Listen, it was a tight race. Ernie Els was in the lead ahead of Phil Mickelson, thinking that he was going to get this Ernie, big easy L's, right? Now, Phil Mickelson, the left-handed, the left-handed player that he is, comes out, 
with a smile on his face. <laughs> of course. And let me tell you something. Of course, Chris DeMarco was there in with him because Chris DeMarco was in the Masters for like two years in a row of relevancy. I don't know how, but Phil Mickelson walking down 18 with a smile on his face, hitting a great shot, and you just know something's about to happen. Daniel, he shot minus five in his last seven holes. Yeah. At yeah. Augusta on a Sunday. Pressure unlike anything ever seen in human history. Right? And here comes a young Phil Mickelson leading, leading the people down to the 18th hole where all of the world, all of the universe will watch. And he comes in, and with a stroke of a putter, he makes a birdie on 18 to win the 2004 Masters. And he jumps to his feet, arms raised. And he wins it. And everybody's in shock. Everybody's in awe. Is there a better time in the world than Phil Mickelson winning the 2004 Masters? There isn't. There's not one moment bigger than that in all of history. I couldn't have said it better myself, Daniel. Our top five moments in the history of time. That was our podcast for this Monday afternoon. Daniel, why don't you take it away? All right. Well, you all know what time it is. Happy birthday to Davis Love the Third. Bazinga.